This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. As mentioned, the daily financial news, we bring you two, two experts on Wednesday, and we close strong with Matt, the mortgage guy. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. This is a conversation I've been looking forward to because just in the last 60 days or so, you and I have talked about lending changes, primarily that impact investors. Uh, and we we raised the alarm bell early. People have recognized it. Rates have gone up. Costs have gone up. Gone up. Uh, less yes answers. But you know what? I think there are some lending changes brewing that could actually impact owner occupants. So I wanted to talk about those kind of one at a time because people need to realize that yes, for all the chatter out there for owner occupants, it's the lenders who make the rules. And if they make it harder or they tighten criteria, there's only a couple of things that will happen. A, you'll get less answers, but B, you'll, you'll remove kind of supply of loans, which will make fees and rates go up for everybody else. So uh, what do you think of that as an umbrella? And then we'll break them down one at a time. Sure. Yeah. As an umbrella, I think I'm, I'm a believer in something that you said. And, and before you said it, whenever we were chatting months ago, um, I don't know if I had thought about this, but you know, lending has more impact on real estate than anything. Exactly. And as lending guideline changes and, and loans are more restrictive or less restrictive, that has more of an impact than anything. And so I think what's, what's, what's going to happen, Mike, over the next couple of years, is everybody's got their eye on what's going to happen with foreclosures and forbearance and this and that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they feel like lending changes is a black swan, but it's like, no, if you were paying attention all along, this isn't a crazy event. This is, this is yeah. something that you should have been paying attention to. And, and it, kind of slowly and silently, we've had changes that have already taken place and, you know, it, it kind of gets, I don't know if it's swept under the rug, but I was looking back just for fun at, you know, October of 2020, when they put in that half of a point refinance fee. Yeah. And it was a big deal for a week. And then people kind of like, okay, it is what it is. And then a few weeks ago where limit only 7% um, that are sold to Fannie and Freddie can be investor loans Mm -hmm. or second homes. And you know, there's a big fuss, but you know, what's funny is I don't think we've even felt a lot of that yet. I hadn't even thought about it, but I was talking to somebody about certain markets mm-hmm. that are more like vacation-y type markets. Yeah. It's going to hurt those markets. Yeah, if so investors it. stop buying and, and, and if it's an investor, if it's a certain market, like a small town where 60% of the homes are second homes for somebody, mm-hmm. if second homes become more restrictive and less people are buying second homes, it's going to affect a market like that a lot more than other markets. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. And um, I'm glad you brought that up and, because lending people, I mean, I've been doing this 20 years and when you go back and you start to connect the dots, lending makes an outsized impact on real estate and real estate prices and real estate investing and affordability. And if you can simply gauge early is lending getting tighter or is lending getting looser, you will have an impact because again, 
the consumer is a is always the same. They want it. It's the bank that kind of limits who gets a yes answer. And that's what went wonky in 0708 is we were giving yes answers to people that deserved a, a no answer or or a hell no even, right? It was like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> and that's not happening today. And oh, by the way, as we're about to talk about, I think lending changes get tighter. I think it will be swept under the rug to use your analogy. But if you play this out six months, 12 months, because again, a loan's like, you make an offer, you get accepted. That, that's a 45-day process, 60 days sometimes. So a lot of this impact is going to be out months. Uh, but again, I watch it all the time. That's why you're one of my experts every Wednesdays. Because if I can learn from you what changes could be coming, I can watch my market with that lens because less people, if it gets tighter, like we're about to talk about, less people get yes answers and I can make better deals. So Let's talk about 90% LTV. Let's talk about that as one of the variables that might be changing. Right. Yeah. And so this is this is not anywhere near a, a change that's already been implemented, but just no. some rumblings yeah. about just like we limited uh, the investment properties and, and the second homes to 7%, that Fannie and Freddie might do something similar mm -hmm. with, with all loans across the board. And they might say, you know, only 3% of our purchase and, or I'm sorry, 6% of purchase and 3% of our refi can fall in this bucket. Right. And that bucket is going to be the, the ones that you might've worded it barely skating by above 90% LTV, mm -hmm. below 680 credit score and above 45% DTI. And so for anybody listening who like it might've gone over their head, you know, your debt to income ratio, if, if, you know, what you earn versus what your payments and your debts are is above 45% and, you, and you're barely qualifying, you're going to be limited. If your credit score is below 680, you're going to be limited. If you have to put less than 10% down, you're going to be limited. And um, the rumblings I've heard is that, you know, this is like in preparation of taking Fannie and Freddie out of conservatorship. They're going to tighten up yeah. what they're going to lend on and what type of of, of stuff that they're, they're taking in. It'll be interesting to see because there's, you know, a lot of dynamics going on. Yeah. This, this is like those, those restrictions we just heard are first time home buyers are people exactly. that are, uh, you know, first generation home buyers. And when we talk about the grants and all this stuff that's going on with the current administration in the white house on who they're trying to get into houses, this makes it harder, but with, with in that same breath, what I want to say is if this tightens up, what I think the goal is of it is to put some of this, you know, maybe FHA gets looser or maybe FHA just brings on more buyers or maybe some sort of, you know, private lending um, fills that gap or fills that void. Well, again, I've been watching this so long and, and, I don't watch what people say. I watch what people do. And that includes lenders. Fannie and Freddie today, again, my experience, not yours, you're in the business. But when I think about the loans that have been done over the last six months, 90% LTV, 680 or below credit score and debt to income or a debt to income at 45% or above, it's, it's got to be one in five loans, maybe one in four, like 20, 25%. So you're going to basically take a chunk of the market, a chunk of yes answers. And at best, 
raise the interest rate, raise the fees, right? Because if it goes from Fannie and Freddie who are in conservatorship, who clearly, clearly are cleaning their books, they want a pristine portfolio. That's what they're doing. That's clearly what they're doing, right? Now, why they're doing that, who cares? That's what they're doing. So you take that 20%, use the smaller number, you throw it into the other areas. First off, that's new demand for these other products. They can now raise prices because supply and demand, they can raise prices. But in that prices in mortgages means higher interest rates, more fees, more points, all of that. This just le- this is just going to ripple through and mean less yes answers. That's all it means. Right. Yeah. And and it, unfortunately, uh, in my eyes, when I when I look at it, it's it's there's there's so much demand that they're almost in a position like a seller in today's market that has 20 offers. It's like, well, that's true. You know, I can look at only the very best, you know, and, and, and there's going to be um, that it, it, it hurts people on the lower end, which is, which is where it kind of, you know, is going to rub a lot of people the, the wrong way. But yeah, like you said, Fannie and Freddie cleaning up their books, the, the same meeting I was on yesterday talked about, you know, coming out of conservatorship and something like a 360 billion dollar IPO. Um, you know, uh, that's how massive yeah. Fannie and Freddie are. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, <laughs> they're pay back the government one fell swoop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that, that is really interesting because I'm just trying to tie all this together. Right. I put capital to work all the time and I play in that market. Right. I try to produce affordable rentals and, and you know, I call pride of ownership rentals and for all the talk on one side they have about helping first-time homebuyers, if the lenders aren't there, it don't matter. Even if you give them a $25,000 credit that they, they use on their closing statement, if they don't have a lender that gives them a yes answer, it doesn't matter. They're not getting the deal, right? Right. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is like some of the, some of the wording on some of these drafts that I've seen is, you know, got to be first generation, got to be this, got to be that, got to be this. Somebody did some study where they looked at it and they're like, there's only 333,000 people that qualify for this uh, program of the, you know, hundred million folks that are above 18 or eligible to buy or whatever the number was, right. It was yeah. a really small thin thing. And then yeah. on, on top of that, if it's 300,000 that qual that, that qualify for the program, but only, a third of those or a fourth of those qualify for the dang loan that you got to get to get in the house, then, you know, who is that serving? Yeah. So, wow. I I guess my takeaway from this conversation is kind of what I expected. It certainly seems like we are on a trend of lending getting tighter, which frankly is a good thing, right? All these people talking about a bubble, the biggest thing that can cause a bubble is getting unqualified borrowers into a house they can't afford so that in the future, they're kicked off the property ladder. That's the biggest way to create a bubble. That is what we experienced in 07, 08. And if today we're getting tighter, less yes answers, uh, I think having a bubble a bubble burst is impractical. We could have a appreciation slowdown, and I think a slowdown is likely. But if you go from 12% to 6% appreciation, that's not a crash. That's not a bubble. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with it. And, and I've, I've used the analogy with people before about, you know, driving 100 and you slow down to 40, you're still driving the same direction. You know, yeah. we're, things are still getting more expensive. We're still appreciating. It's just slowing down. So I definitely see that. And um, it's, it's something that a lot of people miss when they look at the housing market as a whole is how responsible lending has been, oh, you know, for, for the last 10 plus years, 
And, you know, I don't think that it's, it's, it's anything drastic where everybody, anybody should think like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to qualify. But for, for a lot of people who are, you know, barely on the edge, I think that lending guidelines being restrictive are doing a lot of people a favor. And it's, yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's not, it doesn't feel like that to the person who gets the answer of like, Hey, listen, you'd only be able to qualify for up to 330,000 right now with 5% down. If you get more of a down payment or if your income goes up or anything like that, we can revisit it. You know, those conversations suck, Mike. And I have those all the time yeah. where I just, you know, based on current, you know, situation and it, and it, and it's even harder when we're in an environment like we're, where home prices keep going up, right? Yeah. Because you qualify for less home prices go up and it squeezes some people out. Um, it's, it's tough, but I think it's better than the alternative of getting so loose that so, you let somebody who makes totally $3,300 a month get into a $2,000 a month mortgage payment. That doesn't end well. And so- I, um, I promise you. I, I, again, I saw it last time. I, I would much rather have a difficult conversation today and say, and it's not no, it's really not yet. That's what the conversation is today. But if you have it in three years, when, when the next recession happens and you should never have been on the property ladder and then you get kicked out, the sheriff shows up and moves all your stuff, that is not only going to impact you for seven to 10 years, but it's going to affect your kids. It'll be a generational impact. So I would much rather have the pain of you having a conversation saying not yet instead of witnessing what I saw over and over and over again last time. I totally agree. Totally agree. I, I got sidetracked in my head because I'm all about squirrels. I, I, I just thought of a squirrel. chart. I just thought of a ch- squirrel. I thought of a chart that I saw and I'm like, I don't think this fits in this conversation, but I want to tell Mike um, because I guess it fits in, in that, you know, this, this current environment we're in where there's, there's not a lot of inventory and the supply and demand is just going to dictate what the 12, 24 month outlook is just because it's simple economics. I saw a chart that I couldn't believe about how much has been built every decade. Mm -hmm. And I've got to send it to you because it's like um, the nineties, the two thousands, I think maybe even like for four or five decades, it was between like 24 and 27 million homes per decade built. Guess how many were built uh, 2010 to 2020 that the 2010s decade. Oh, half that. 5.8 million. Oh, geez. 25. It was like a fourth. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, wild. And then it's like, oh my gosh, we all know that there wasn't enough building in the last 10 years, <laughs> but you see it on a graph and you're like, holy cow. Yeah. It's crystal clear now. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's oh, crystal, oh, crystal clear. Why, uh, why we have this issue with, uh, supply and then, yeah, we're not building any more land, well, I guess. Folks, if you're watching this and you are in California, you're looking to buy a home, refi a home, buy an investment property, you need to do yourself a favor and you need to get Matt, the mortgage guy in your corner. Uh, he does the work. He finds the rates. He has he has the difficult conversations, just like we talked about. So, Matt, how do you want our audience in California or really any state to reach out to you? First, I want you to go to Matt the Mortgage Guy on YouTube. I want you to watch all three hundred videos. You'll be highly educated <laughs> on the mortgage. Good luck. You'll be in a great position. <laughs> Press play. Let it play all the way through, so I get the watch time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, if if you if you want good advice, I've I've had so many great conversations with one rental at a time, folks. Matt at mattthemortgageguy.com 
if you're out of state, I'm happy to answer questions. If you're in state and you want to schedule a call, um, I've talked to so many people that uh, love the stuff you're putting out, Mike, and I'm happy to help them out. So yes, um, thank you. yeah, Matt's M-A-T-T at .com, and And I'm happy to help if you're outside of California and want a broker referral. I've been doing a lot of those too, because I've got brokers in other states where they're going to take good care of you. If they don't, it's, it's, you're going to come to me and say, Matt, you know, this person, uh, burned me in, in Florida and they didn't answer my calls or whatever it was. And I'll, I'll make sure you're, you're well taken care of. Very cool. And folks, if you are one of my students in my course, Matt, the mortgage guy is actually one of the students he's in there. So if you have mortgage questions, he's in there every now and again, answering questions. And yes, I do tag him. So it shows up in his feed. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. It's been a fun. All right. Thanks, Mike. Uh -huh.